This episode is brought to you by Major Spoilers VIP members. VIP stands for very important people, and their small monthly contributions ensure that this podcast remains free for all of you. If you would like to become a bronze, silver, or gold VIP member, go to members.majorspoilers.com for more information. I sure do thank you for your support. Now, here's your show. Do you hear me now? If I answer, you'll know the answer. This week on Dueling Review, we review Symmetry Number 1, published by Image Comics, written by Matt Hawkins, art by Raphael Ianco. Utopia is here! Hunger, sickness, work, all relics of a long-forgotten past. For the greater good of the human species, all individuality, creativity, and negative emotions have been genetically bred out and medically suppressed. The population is limited to segregated areas where people lead long lives of leisure, games, and socializing. Only one man and one woman seem to notice, care, or think differently. Once they find each other, their relationship sparks a revolution. But will their love cause the salvation or destruction of mankind? Hey, everyone. Welcome to Dueling Reviews. Steven Schleiger, Matthew Peterson here once again. All right. We are here to do a show. We are here to do a show. And Matthew, I got to tell you. Yes. If 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 you read the solicitation for this uh, comic before you uh-huh. read the comic, it you will know make more you, about the comic. It will make you a lot less angry. Well, because I... <laughs> as we read the first page of the mm-hmm. book, it's telling you what this history has has evolved into. Right. Um Artificial intelligence became ubiquitous. Humanity was confronted with a choice. Yes, but the thing that they, uh, everything that they put in there is basically Mm -hmm. all diversity has been, you know, ambition, diversity, creativity, and instruments of capital are eliminated for the greater good. And then the first thing you see, society of white people. Yes. And I was like, oh, this that, book had so much going for it, and now it's a society of white people. They're they're making a point. Yes, I, I I won't necessarily say that it's a a great point or a bad point, but it's an intentional point, especially when we get to the end of the issue, which we'll get to in a bit. Right, and that and to be honest, if you don't know what the book is about going into it, and you mm-hmm. read that diversity has been eliminated, and then all you see is white people, blonde white people, dark-haired white people, white mm-hmm. people, white people, white people, and then you're learning about the history of this world, this symmetry that's been created, mm-hmm. it makes me angrier and angrier and angrier until we get to the last page where there is a big reveal, and I was like, oh, now this changes everything. Right. It's, I mean, it's supposed to be, I think, a, a, a utopia that's actually utopian and not the dystopian future of your hunger games or mm-hmm. your, your yeah. maze runners or yeah. your Logan's runners. But I think that in creating the utopia, the way they did, they actually made the utopia kind of feel like a dystopia. Maybe to an extent, there's a really, I wish after I read the back matter from Matt mm-hmm. Hawkins on what he did to create this world of utopia and how his research into what a utopian society was about, how it switched him from like a, a right wing uh, Christian into a left wing atheist is fascinating. And then he goes into, OK, if I'm going to create a utopian society, what are the four things that I would get rid of right. to make it utopian? And it's very I mean, 
more and more lately, the back matter stuff, the letters, pages and columns were always just I don't really care about any of that. But in the last probably like three years, I've really started enjoying that because it does give us that inside peek, that look at what's going on inside the mind of the creator. And it makes doesn't I want to don't want to say it makes sense all the time, but it certainly puts you in the perspective where the writer or the artist or the people are coming from in creating this book. And in this book, you're right. He is a utopian society has been created, run by robots. You've got a, a, a implant in your brain from the day you're born that uh, communicates with you and syncs you up with everyone else. Yeah, handles your brain. And in a sense, in a sense, it creates this dystopian society because people are suppressed. Yeah, the um, the whole point here is that this utopia screwed up. When they eliminated ambition, when they eliminated creativity, when mm-hmm. they eliminated diversity, or when, in this case, they separated diversity, right. seemingly. And I, I get where you're going. And, you know, looking at the back matter and looking at the amount of thought that he put into this and the amount of research he did really does give it a subtext that I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Because it's something that you might not bring with you coming into the comic, just walking in cold. Right. You know, we all we all have an expectation of the the Katniss Everdeen world. Mm-hmm. This is not that. This not is quite. something entirely yeah. different. Where, although at, there are bits here that kind of remind me of Snowpiercer, mm-hmm. only only not as um, inexplicable. Not there, as I mean, dumb. there. Are, <laughs> there are definitely overtones of, <laughs> of stories here. There are things yeah, yeah, here oh, that yeah, are yeah. designed specifically to remind you of those other stories. Well, you know, in this utopian society, from the day you're born, you are essentially not identified by gender or name. Uh, even though you may be born male, you are not uh, you're gender gender neutral. And then uh, for 13 years, you are or for two years, you're left around your mother and your family and whatnot. And then after that, you're taken to a school where until the age of 13, you are schooled and trained and brainwashed into this uh, society. And then at age 13, you can decide whether you want to identify as a male or female. And if you want a sex change, you can get a sex change. And uh, then when you're 18, you're an adult. And you get to go out into the world and do different things until you reach the age of 50, at which point you become an elder. And in between the age of 18 and 50, you're supposed to be getting it on and, and procreating. And then at, at 50, you are um, named an elder and you're given a look at, at uh, what's really going on in the society. And then as part of your service, then as an elder, you become a um, um you are let in to the things that are going on. And I find that very, very fascinating that they have all this stuff lined up. And again, Matt Hawkins has really created this world. And then Mm -hmm. we're getting told all this through a flashback of a kid named uh, Michael. Right. And all of this is sparked by the death of his older brother, Matthew. And we see how this all can comes crumbling down when they go to a mountain resort, apparently in this utopia where you don't really work and you don't have to want for anything. You're still encouraged to take 16 weeks of vacation each year, which basically spend a third of the year somewhere fun doing something. Yes. Go off and look at flowers and sleep with girls and ski, which totally Logan's run it for me. I was like, run a hey, hundred yard dash and then fish. Hey, no. young, beautiful people, go get it on and do get it on things. Well, and that I mean, that is, I think, an overarching need of any population. Oh, sure. If you want to maintain and, population. 
Right. And I think it's it's telling that that is one of the primary things to do. I mm-hmm. mean, when you look at this issue, the things that they do, what do they do? They go off, they have fun, they play games. At one point, he's like, oh, uh, wow, I'm really excited to do this. And the computer's like, would you like me to replay your dream from last night? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So he gets to watch his awesome dream while... The robots do all the work. The robots make all the, the food. The robots provide everything. At one point, he gets a drink snatched out of his hand because it's not optimized for his current nutritional needs. Yep. And then a disaster happens. There's a, a solar flare that mm-hmm. uh, hits the Earth and knocks out one of their giant solar stations that provides energy for the planet and an, yep. an electromagnetic pulse. I don't know if it's all the way across the uh, the planet, although a, an EMP that large probably would be across the planet. So mm-hmm. it's remarkable that because this is told via flashback, that society is able to recover from an EMP burst like that so quickly. Um, mm-hmm. But it happens and he sees people die for the first time and sees people suffer for the first time. And he sees that there's people who have different colored skin than him for the first time. Mm-hmm. And that is a the real full of strangers crashes into their little utopia. Well, is it a ship full of strangers? Uh, I mean, is it a ship full of strangers or it just, uh, this ship crashes and in a Mm -hmm. restricted area, he finds, um, this, this black woman. And this is the woman that he's going to fall in love with as the, as the book goes on. So when we hit that, tell us that on the cover, right? (laughs) Uh, Yes. And she is there on the cover. Um, Mm -hmm. But man, for up until that point, I was like, what is going on? Why am I so angry about this? And then at the end, it's like, oh, now I want to see how this society screwed up, how the symmetry was created and screwed it up for everyone. So from the story side, right. from a first chapter for me, very interesting. Yeah, I agree. And I think that it's very, it's something that you can really delve into when you look at what they keep referring to as the four pillars of their community, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you look at the things the community is built on and you look at the things that the community made sure to stamp out. Mm -hmm. So there's no money right? and nobody is allowed to go off and be creative and somehow raise their personal status. Right. You're programmed from the very youngest age to just be a drone like everyone else. And, that actually comes to play when we see Michael choose his name. He wants to be like his big brother, mm-hmm. who's just like everybody else. Number 12 looks just like you. Johnny Five is alive. There's a lot. <laughs> no, that's a different thing. Oh, okay. The, remember, the robots were knocked out. Oh, that's right. No, disassemble. But yeah, there's a lot of subtext here, and there's a lot of things that you kind of hope to see. Mm-hmm. I think the the one concern that I have Yes. And this is a concern from my perspective is, well, I want to say maybe five or six years ago now. Yeah. We got a a, a book called Saga. Mm-hmm. And Saga is basically two people from different worlds realizing that both worlds are screwed up, coming together and trying to build a life. Well, that's, and that's, I'm worried. That's the same in any book. Look at, look at Katniss as you're talking about. She and the others realize that there's something different. Look at the Scorched Earth trials. Look at, you know, all these things. That are basically that same way that readers that people are going to somehow look at this and see the parallels and go not going to read that. That's just an and it's well, it's not. There's something to be said about tropes. There's something to be said about why does this feel like Logan's run? Why does this feel like the island? Why does this feel like fill in the blank? Because because we're looking at this from a from a different viewpoint 
And hopefully, as we've seen since, you know, I don't know, you and I, since Logan's run, maybe other <laughs> maybe tales before that. Um, maybe we, going all the way back to Silent Green. We are being slowly conditioned that utopian societies, as perfect as they may be, are not perfect. And they're bad. Maybe we, all, bad. maybe we all need to get into this mindset that when someone says we're going to create a utopian society, that we don't go along like mindless sheeple. If you say sheeple again, sheeple, I'm leaving sheeple, the show. Sheeple. Bye. <laughs> Have a good half hour. Um, so maybe I mean, maybe that is that maybe that's the reason why we get a lot of these stories that are very similar to one another. I mean, very much like when we're given a dystopian future, why we sit there and go, oh, why does everything have to be horrible and dark and bleak? And these two people find each other and find a way to make it better. You know, it's it's kind of the same way. It's the two sides of a coin. I think for me, though, and it may, it may be telling the way I look at things and the way the universe looks to me, a world without creativity, mm -hmm. a world without, you know, some sort of special personal diversity on everyone's part feels like a dystopia regardless. Yeah. A and world where, you know, everyone is is programmed to be exactly the same. And it, yeah, Matt Hawkins <laughs> says in the back matter that the creativity was the hardest one for him to qualify and accept, but it makes sense if you think about it. So he first defines creativity from Wikipedia, and then he says, so the problem with creativity is that it changes things. Change creates haves and haves nots. I realize this is a bit extreme, but that's the point. It's also part of the sacrifice. What are we willing to give up? And then he gives some other links to diversity as the mother of creativity, how diversity can drive innovation, how um, diversity makes us smarter, those kinds of things. Um, right. which is, which is very, very, I mean, it's, it's interesting that he picked those four and they well, do have, uh, apparently you, uh, there's a, a utopian builder that you can go and do at right. C, uh, sharp press, slash utopia dot HTML, where you get to right. design your own utopia. And you, you get to decide what you leave out. I'm leaving out baby turtles. Oh, come on now. Everybody loves baby turtles. Bastards eating up all of my food. No, they don't do that. Those are rats, Matthew. Those are rats. We need rats in a utopia. <laughs> no. Who's going to eat the filth? Uh, the robots. The robots? Yep. What Are they powered by beer? Uh, my some of robot them might be. brain needs beer. Some of them might be. What did you think of that? So it's a, it's a pretty complex tale. What did you think of the art? I really kind of dug the art, and I love the fact that there is a tiny bit of what I refer to as stunt casting. Mm -hmm, because, man, the lead actor looks a lot like Chris Pine. Doesn't he, though? The lead actor looks like Chris Pine, and his big brother looks vaguely familiar. But it's not something that's overwhelming like, you know, I don't know, the Tommy Lee Jones tracings that we mm -hmm. saw in Thunderbolts 10 years mm -hmm. ago. Mm -hmm. But there's also real thought put into things that you don't they don't tell you at first but you can see from the art when we see you know pre-matthew being born and we see his his life or michael going through his life you see all these kids and it, it is clear and it makes a point through the art that the kids are all a gender mm -hmm. until they choose and we're like oh well that's oh that's oh you know, it's really well put together. It's really solid on the art side. The action sequence at the beginning is amazing. Yeah. The only thing that I even question a little bit, and I understand it because I feel like it's a reference maybe to 1984, is the cleavage windows that all of the women have. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The 18 to 55-year-old women 
who are trying, you know, to spend as much time as possible going on resorts and mm-hmm. boinking, basically. Can we say boinking? Sure. Okay. So, yeah, that, and again, that's a moment where I'm like, oh, that reminds me of Julia from 1984. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's another, oh, although a reference to a dystopia, another future story in play that can help to you know, add some texture and add some different reads to what happens in here. Yeah, I and can see. the yeah. technology yeah. looks fabulous. Yeah, the technology looks really cool. I mean, um, yeah, it's very cool. I guess my problem, and I like the art, too. I was a little bit disturbed about how people are starting to look like either young um, Val Kilmer's or Chris Pines and and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But there are many panels where everything looks very stiff, almost robotic uh, as far as how the people are posed and and those kinds of things. And it's just like it doesn't look natural. It kind of like last week where we said that, you know, action needs to be at the extremes in order for it to, to work right. And. There are a lot of times where it's just like, this doesn't feel, this feels stiff and unnatural to me. You get into some uncanny valley with the body. Yeah, maybe that's it. And, and I, I don't know, but I mean, I like the art, but I'm, I'm kind of, I, I have a lot more problems with it than perhaps you do. I didn't necessarily feel a stiffness. No, I felt some posedness, which to me feels a little different, but that is, you know, I think that's a matter of when we take the the cinematography language that we use and we say, you know, that looking at the page, our perspective is the camera and this is a wide shot and this is a tight shot. I think that's a matter of maybe wanting to overstage your imaginary actors that saying when you when you draw the people, you have a very specific kind of a tableau in your mind that you want to make sure gets across. And sometimes that can, you know, if you actually look at some of the ancient art that is, you know, the gorgeous art of these bygone eras, it feels hyperposed. It feels a little weird, a little stiff, a little strange and unearthly. So is that an intentional move on the part of, of, of Ianco? I don't know, but that's the way I read it. That's the mm. way it felt. To, to, uh, to be honest, it felt like this was a 3D program that mm-hmm. he posed everybody with, and it didn't look right, especially the last page where he's holding her. And, yeah. and his arm is under her shoulders and he's holding her up and she's passed out. Right. Why is her head looking straight up? It should be, you know, lean back. Lolling, and if, lolling back. Yes. And if you yeah. wanted to hold it a better, his hand should be under her neck or head to support it in that way. So I, I don't know. There's some, like I said, there's some posery stiffness that bothers yeah. me. But overall, I thought, thought it was, it, it's a, it's a pretty issue to look at. You can see that. And, and Elder Sharon on that last page looks remarkably composed and calm for a woman whose world just got smashed from above. Well, true, but also as an, an elder judgy as an judgy, elder judgy. Yeah. As an elder, she also knows that, uh, people of different races exist. <gasps> Does she? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it said she? somewhere, it said somewhere in the book that, you know, That's at the age, restricted area. Yeah. Um, or maybe it's in the after the after matter, the back matter where they talk about it. So, yeah. Um, overall, for me, I found this an interesting book. I think it is going to uh, be a trigger for a lot of people to uh, get upset and angry. Um, yeah. But I kind of want to see where all of this goes, because I think there's maybe something more in the book than what we're led to believe. Now, we were given Matt Hawkins did send us unlettered previews of the next two issues. Mm-hmm. And 
I kind of glanced at it really quickly because all it is is the raw art and TIFF format and all this stuff. So it's it's not even, you know, um, assembled in a PDF or book for us to, to quickly look at. Right. But there's a scene in one of the upcoming issues that feels very much like what happens when you're kicked out of uh, Utopia from Logan's Run? How do you survive dun, dun. after that? So sanctuary. Yeah, sanctuary. So for me, mm, I, I say give this book a chance. But it may not make you happy. Yeah, it's definitely not a story that's going to be for everybody. And I think that if you if you do look at the fact that this is an entirely homogenous cast, you have to take into account that last page reveal Mm -hmm. of what's going on. And that that explanation on that last page should tell us that. Hey, maybe there's something else going on. Maybe mm-hmm. there's some things that we can give them a shot. And it's it's definitely a book with something to say. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know entirely what that thing to say. Oh, excuse me, I had a hiccup there. Exactly what that thing to say is. Yeah. But based on this issue, I'm definitely willing to give it three to six to try and give get me really fully engaged and figure out what that is. It is a limited, so yeah. it'll be done in six. So it's done in six. I'm oh, pretty sure well, I thought this was an ongoing. I don't think it's ongoing. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's done in six. Most of the stuff well, from image, most of the stuff from image is limited and in, in, at least in its initial run. You're done in six. Sometimes I may be. Sometimes I may be. So for you, is it uh yes? No. Yes. Okay. But be aware that there's there's some troubling stuff in here. There's some stuff that's thought provoking, and it may not be thought provoking in a way that is entirely pleasant. So. Okay. Cool. All right. Let us take a look at books coming out in the uh, in next in the next week from Dark Horse Comics. We have Avatar: The Last Airbender trade paperback, Volume Eleven, Smoke and Shadow Part Two. BPRD: oh, Hell on Earth, Number One Thirty Eight. Uh, Deathhead Number Five. Eve Death Valkyrie Head. Number Three. Uh, Plants wow. vs. Zombies ongoing number seven, Petal to the Metal. <laughs> and Steam Man number three. Over Steam. at DC Comics, we've got uh, Batgirl 46, Batman and Robin Eternal number 11, Batman Europa number two, Clean Room no, number that's three. That's not Europa, that's my Europa. <laughs> it's a Hollow Earth theory. Uh, Harley Quinn number 23, Justice League number 46, Justice League United hardcover volume two, and Lucifer number one. That's a Vertigo comic. And then we also have Secret Six number nine, Teen Titans Go number thirteen, and we are Robin number seven, part of the Robin War. Then we oh also if you are into those new big um, Batman the Animated Series figures, the the really big ones, the six inch figures, uh, Batman Animated Series Killer Croc with Baby Doll action figure. Then there's a Mask of the Phantasm two pack uh, that you might want to go check out, but those are expensive in the twenty five to forty five dollar range. So uh, be aware of that. IDW Publishing has Dungeons and Dragons, Legend of Drizzt trade paperback, volume three. Uh, A lot of trade paperbacks. Judge Dredd ongoing number one from IDW. Let's see. Pinocchio, Vampire Slayer, and the Vampire Zoo. I think that's a one shot. Uh, Popeye Classics ongoing number 41. Starfleet Academy number one. Uncle Scrooge number nine. And a few more from IDW. Image Comics has Astronauts in Trouble number seven. Beauty number five. Descender number eight, Huck number two, sex number 26. Wonder if uh, that, never mind. I was going to say something horrible. Uh, <laughs> tithe number seven, Tokyo Ghost number four, and Wicked and Divine number 17. 
Marvel Comics has the all-new Inhumans number two, all-new X-Men number two, Amazing Spider-Man 1.1, for whatever reason. Howard the Duck number one. <laughs> because Marvel loves that point one thing, and they're going to ride it into the ground. I guess. Illuminati number two, Kanan number nine, uh, Darth Vader, what is it, Darth Vader annual number one. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Modoc Assassins trade paperback, Ms. Marvel number two, Silk number two, Squadron Supreme number one, Unbeatable Squirrel Girl number three. Weird World number one in all of the rest. There's a lot of all the rest next week. Let's see. Attack on Titan graphic novel number 17. For those of you that are Attack on Titan fans. Big Trouble in Little China number 19. Bloody Cross graphic novel number nine. That's mature readers. Just in case you didn't get it from the title. No, uh, I think it's one of them uh, anime mangas that people are all talking about. Oh, anime mangas. You know, anime mangas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Cops for Criminals, number two. Oh, speaking of Cross, uh, Matthew, Cross Badlands, number 91, comes out. Uh, it has an Art Deco cover, a C-Day Worldwide cover. I don't know what C-Day is. Cross uh, Day. Cross Day. Main cover, torture cover, and a rap cover. And then if that's not enough, you also have Cross Plus 100, number 12, that features a Mature Readers cover, American History X rap cover, uh, Crossed Wires cover, a disa- uh, dis- what does that say? Yeah, it is a disaster cover. Horrific homage cover and wishful fiction cover. Horrific homage is my Horrific homage. <laughs> uh, I am the horrific homage. Let's see. We also have Doctor Two, the tenth Doctor, or Doctor Who, not Doctor Two. Doctor Two, the tenth Doctor. The tenth uh, Doctor hardcover volume three. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? Fairy tales. Uh, fairy tale graphic novel volume one. Grimm's Fairy Tale Coven number five, Grim Fairy Tale Wonderland number forty-two, Gold Digger two two seven, with Jack Gay. Um, I, I don't know if any of our listeners will ever get that. Klaus number two. Oh, that's the, the continuing adventures of Klaus. the Santa Claus. Santa Claus is coming. Santa Claus is coming, and he's pissed off. Beware, everyone. Lumberjanes he's number twenty-one. He's <laughs> a creep. Um. Let's see, what else do we have? Simpsons Comics Chaos Trade Paperback, Spire number one and Spire number five, Super Zero number one, and a whole lot more. That's just a sample of some of the books coming out next week at your local comic book store. At your library. Next week on Dueling Reviews... Starfleet Academy. Star Trek, Starfleet Academy number one. A bold new chapter for Star Trek begins here in an all-new series that shows you what life is like for cadets at the galaxy's greatest school. Witness the students, the student days of the iconic cast before they join the Enterprise, immediately before the blockbuster 2009 film. Plus, meet an all-new group of students as they embark on a bold new adventure of their own. So right, have they been trying to make this movie since like the 80s? <laughs> Probably. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, everyone. And thank you for supporting everything that we do at Majorspoilers.com. And you can continue to support us by becoming a very important patron at members.majorspoilers.com. Your contribution allows us to keep this show going, pay for our growing costs, and gives us the motivation to produce more content for you, with you, and sometimes by you. Thank you so much. <laughs> Even at you. Thank you so much for checking out Dueling Review. And we'll talk with you next time when you're going to hear Matthew say... Hong Kong Fui, number one super guy. This podcast is copyright 2015 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.
You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.